Hello, my name is Michael, and you're listening to Forever Sound Version, a video game music podcast.
How do, dear friends, and welcome to episode 40 of Forever Sound Version. The track we just heard was the opening theme from Shadow of the Beast on the FM Towns, composed by Chris Howlett and Ian Henderson. Shadow of the Beast is best known as a true Amiga classic title that benefited from a brilliantly brooding musical suite, courtesy of 8-bit VGM legend David Whittaker. This FM Towns version really lets the pieces sing, albeit through a newer, arranged version. Another quick note about Shadow of the Beast. I was in my favourite local pub, The Free Trade, here in Newcastle early last year when I saw a very interesting pump clip on the bar. A beer called Shadow of the Beast, named after the game, by Elusive Brewing. A very satisfying black IPA, and exactly the sort of thing I think the Beast would enjoy after a long day of marching across bleak landscapes. For this show, I'm going to be addressing some systems that aren't quite as well known as the likes of the Sega Mega Drive or Super Nintendo, but are very important in the world of VGM. I'm talking about systems that used the compact disc as a storage medium, allowing for the production of Redbook Audio. What exactly is meant by Redbook Audio then? Redbook Audio, also known as Compact Disc Digital Audio, or CDDA, is an international standard audio format developed by the technology giants Sony and Philips. Basically, the technical specification of the sound quality that comes from audio CDs. Two channels, that is left and right, a sample rate of 44.1 kHz, and a 16-bit bit depth. If you've ever listened to an audio CD, which I'm really quite sure you have, you'll already be familiar with Redbook Audio. The name Redbook Audio refers to the red issue of the so-called Rainbow Books that contained the technical specifications of various CD-based media formats. As manufacturers of home computer and game console hardware sought to take advantage of the CD as a storage medium in the late 80s and early 90s in order to allow for bigger and better games, this also meant that games developers could trade in chip-based music for studio productions in composing their soundtracks. As we know, chip music persisted well into the 90s and beyond, especially through Nintendo's handheld platforms. But nevertheless, with CD-based storage, and then DVD-based storage looking set to feature prominently in the imminent future of video games, the die had been cast. Aside from the cartridge-based Nintendo 64, the big hitter of the fifth generation of video games was undoubtedly the Sony PlayStation, which took full advantage of Redbook Audio. But I'm not going to be concerning myself with that system on this occasion. I'm going to be focusing on some of the also-rans of the CD-based world. We started the show with an FM Towns tune, so let's stay there for a moment. The FM Towns is a Japan-only personal computer from Fujitsu, released in 1989. At this time, Fujitsu's main commercial rival was NEC, which had been dominant in the Japanese PC market thanks to their PC-88 and PC-98 ranges of home computers. The FM Towns was Fujitsu's attempt at carving a niche by introducing more advanced graphical capabilities. Some of the games on this thing could almost be described as arcade perfect, making it comparable to the Sharp X68000. This was a deluxe machine. With that in mind, let's hear some more music. Super Street Fighter 2 on the FM Towns. 
Yes, I've already covered the Street Fighter 2 series in depth on episode 2 of this podcast quite some time ago now, but this particular version of the soundtrack really is something else. To be honest, I can't believe I overlooked it as I produced episode 2. Here's DJ's theme, arranged for the FM Towns, by Shun Nishigaki and Isao Abe. DJ's theme from Super Street Fighter 2 on the FM Towns. A very lush take on the Jamaican brawlers music, with some nice busy percussion and a well-balanced set of sounds both in the track's background texture and lead voice. Again, I do regret neglecting to mention this version of the soundtrack on my Street Fighter 2 Focus episode. If you're a fan of the series and aren't familiar with these arrangements, go and seek them out. Next up, we're going to the PC Engine CD, or the TurboGrafx CD as it was known in North America. Originally released in Japan in 1988, I believe this is the oldest of the CD-based systems I'll be covering on this show. A true pioneer. This system, developed by NEC and Hudson Soft, is basically an expansion of the PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 platform, Not something that was particularly visible here in the UK, but thanks to the wonders of the internet and emulation, I've been able to sample its delights. A sort of standalone hybrid console that incorporated the PC Engine and PC Engine CD combined, known as the PC Engine Duo or Turbo Duo, was released by NEC in 1991. I had the pleasure of playing a few games on one of these bad lads at the North East Retro Gaming event a few years ago, though at the time I didn't really know which disc would be good to slot into the drive, so initially I went with what turned out to be a photograph collection called Hawaiian Island Girls. Yeah, that was a mistake. Anyway, back to the music. Next up is Volcanic Zone Exploration from Popful Mail, composed by... Well, there are a number of credited musicians for this one, so I'll just go with the legendary Falcom sound team. This game was also released on the Sega Mega CD platform, which we'll come to later. It's a platform game with some added action RPG elements, incorporating, you might have guessed it, an anime art style. This has been on my to-play list since the Pixelated Audio VGM podcast dedicated an episode to it back in January 2016. Yes, I do need to get my act together and give it a try. 
Coming up after will be Stage 6, a track from Gate of Thunder composed by M. Takeda, K. Yamaoka, T. Nagami, and N. Weda. Gate of Thunder is a horizontal scrolling shooter that required another hardware add-on, the Super CD-ROM, a card that provided a buffer RAM extension from 64KB to 2MB. The soundtrack for this title is very highly regarded. It does feel like it's about time I played something from it, so let's get cracking. Here's Volcanic Zone Exploration from Popful Mail and Stage 6 from Gate of Thunder.
Volcanic Zone Exploration from Popful Mail and Stage 6 from Gate of Thunder there. A proper pair of rockers. Stage 6 from Gate of Thunder offers a forceful thrash drumbeat against a barrage of riffs, keyboard leads and guitar shredding. That said, there are quite a few open moments where I could imagine there being some singing. I wonder if someone would fancy doing a bit of a VGM karaoke effort with some Bruce Dickinson-esque vocals about flying through space and shooting things. We're moving on to the Sega CD or Mega CD now, another hardware add-on of the fourth generation. First appearing in Japan in 1991, this system is often considered to be something of a failure, both commercially and in terms of what it could offer gameplay-wise over the Sega Mega Drive. That is, not very much. The system seems to inspire a certain degree of ridicule these days. I'm a big fan of the Twitter account, at Sega CD Games, which posts box art images of made-up Sega CD games like Making Copies The Game, Door-to-Door Subscription Squad, and Oh Yeah Dude, Your Saab Can Fit In There. I would very happily play all of those games, for about 20 minutes each. Time for some more music. We're going to have Battle Theme from Luna, the Silver Star, composed by Noriyuki Iwadari, Hiroshi Fujioka and Isao Mizoguchi, and Taking to the Air from The Terminator, composed by Tommy Tallarico.
We just had Battle Theme from Luna the Silver Star and Taking to the Air from The Terminator, both released on the Sega CD. That last track, Taking to the Air, comes courtesy of Tommy Tallarico, a rather prolific composer who I don't think I have managed to feature on this podcast up until now. He's also the founder of GANG, the Game Audio Network Guild, an organisation that champions VGM in general and funds scholarship for audio design students, so he wields a considerable level of influence in the world of video games. Not bad at all for someone who began their career as a humble games tester. I imagine we'll be hearing some more of his work on Forever Sound version before too long. We continue our adventure through the world of CD-based video game platforms with the 3DO. Originally manufactured by Panasonic, the 3DO was seen as a revolutionary piece of hardware when it was first released in 1993, with an eye-wateringly high price tag of $699.99. Accounting for inflation, that's around $1,194 in today's money. Quite a lot of dollars, really. The 3DO boasted some impressive graphics, but it was let down by Apache Games Library. In the end, the better supported machines of the fifth generation left the 3DO standing. Consider that the 3DO sold 2 million units, whereas the PlayStation shifted 102 million. Ouch. Let's have another pair of jams. We're immersing ourselves fully into 90s dance territory with Crusher from the game Balls the Director's Cut. That's Balls with a Z, naturally. Composed by Kurt Harland, Ted Hommel, Brendan McCarthy and Aaron Winnett. And Death by Stereo from Starfighter 3000, which I don't have a composer credit for. A shame, since this one might be my favourite tune of the episode. See what you make of these two. Crusher from Balls the Director's Cut and Death by Stereo from Starfighter 3000.
Death by Stereo. Are you still with me? Everyone okay after that one? I do hope so. That tune has a real Madchester thing going on for me, with its big ravey bass lines and vocal samples. Starfighter 3000 was released on the 3DO in 1995, so a little while after the Hacienda Club's heyday, though I'm still very happy to hear a bit of this kind of sound in VGM. The game is a 3D strategic space shooter by Fednet Software that originally came out on the Acorn Archimedes computer. Ah, the Acorn Archimedes. I'm not going to get into that machine right now, but I do enjoy being reminded about it. The British school 16-bit computer of choice once upon a time. Alright, we're almost done here. I really hope you've been enjoying the tracks I've picked out for this one. It has been fun to delve into some soundtracks that I hadn't heard anything from before on a selection of platforms that are often overshadowed by the more successful consoles. I had originally planned on picking some tracks from games released on the Amiga CD32 for this episode, but I think I'm going to wait a little while and give it its own episode at some point. So keep an eye out for that, Amiga fans. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me at foreversoundversion at gmail.com. You can like this podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash foreversoundversion. And you can follow me on Twitter. The handle is fsvpodcast. To play us out, here's a little something from the Neo Geo CD. Here's Back Alive from the game Polestar, composed by Harumi Fujita. Thanks a lot for listening, and wherever you are, mind how you go. All the best for now.